Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're very welcome to episode 44 of the Scaling Your Business podcast. On today's episode, I've got Kenneth Carroll, founder and managing director at Carroll Food Services. Kenneth, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ryan. Delighted to have you. Look, the, the typical format here is we go back to kind of chapter one and work our way from there. So what I mean by that is, uh, well, we've got an international audience, so we won't be super specific, but you grew up South Dublin, correct? That's right. Any favorite memories of your childhood growing up there, primary school, secondary school kind of time? Um, yeah, well, <laughs> I remember I had a lot of good friends and uh, my, my, my favorite times were actually playing with, with neighbors. And, and it's, it's one of the things that came up actually recently in my own mind. Um, I happen to live now on the road that I grew up on and the, you never see kids on the street anymore. Where and everybody used to go out and mix during free time, and all we'd all be out. You'd go out after breakfast, and you come in home for tea or something like that. You know, and all the kids used to play together. Now we're much more insular as a society, and and uh, so my happy memory is is being able to mix with lots of different kids on the street and and uh, uh, just play and and have fun. Do you know? Um, now it's 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 quite different. It's a it's a different dynamic and. Uh, and I had a lot of fun times as well. Dad was a, a very active individual and was always up and doing something and trying new things and uh, bringing us out on the boat or whatever. And he went and bought a boat and, and never sailed before in his life. And he went and bought a sailing boat and said, right, um, we're off down to the channel now. <laughs> you know, so that, 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 that was part of, of growing up as well. And a uh, bit of fun. Yeah, it was good. Sounds like a good childhood. You touched on uh, kids not hanging out outside nowadays. There's a there's an ongoing debate between my girlfriend and, and I uh, because she grew up countryside, up the Dublin Mountains, actually, if anyone's familiar with uh, Hellfire Club, it's not too far from there. And yeah, I grew up in an estate. It, 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 it's a beautiful place. I, I grew up in an estate. Uh, I live in Ratoat, County Meath, 20 minutes from Dublin Airport. And uh, as we... Uh, entertain the idea of kids in the future it's a debate between whether we purchase a house in an estate or we stay in the countryside because i'm like well the memories and all my memories of a childhood are playing you know football out on the green with my friends and she has the argument that uh kids don't do that anymore so i moved into an apartment maybe two three years ago and i observed and i know very few of my neighbors and no kids play outside but i'm still not giving in to the whole uh, not moving into an estate so maybe i'll win maybe i won't but anyway um one of the the questions i like to ask people is uh, from where they're from what's one thing that if someone had an afternoon or a day in dublin to see one thing what one thing would you recommend they should see no that's a, there, there's one for you um <laughs> one thing that they could see i i, I think there are a lot of things that we could see and there are different parts of the city that you could recommend. I always recommend to people go in and experience the, the, the when, <laughs> when the city is open, go in and experience the, the buzz in, in town and, and uh, look at the, the old buildings and so forth and so on. Um, I, I think 
as a city, we're in a wonderful situation. We're beside the sea and we're beside the mountains. So you can do, if you have a couple of days, you can go to the mountains, hill walk in the mountains and see the wonderful Garden of Ireland. And uh, then you can, you can go to the seaside and um, walk along the sea. Or if you're lucky enough, you can go out on a boat or take a trip out to Hoth. You know, there's so much to do in, in, in the city. Um, yeah, we have for sure. a huge amount to offer. So one favorite thing, well, um, I, I happen to love sports. So, you know, I, I, I'm a, a Lansdowne Road man, not going to be the Lansdowne Road <laughs> attendee uh, whenever, whenever that's on. And um, also love to play sport. But that, that's from a visitor point of view. I think we, we've so much to offer from a culture point of view. Um, in the centre of the city from a, a landscape point of view going out and visiting the countryside um, and that that really sells our city as well as the people uh, meeting people uh, is, is very much part of, of what Dublin is about I mean if you if you hear people who have come to see Ireland and see Dublin uh, it's about the people how friendly they are and let's 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 cultivate that let's let's bring the community spirit forward into into this generation and and uh, continue that culture of friendliness and welcome uh, that's what i'd say absolutely you touched on your father purchasing a boat and some memories down the shannon um i'm sure he wasn't the only part of your life when you're growing up so who do you think had the biggest impact on you as you grew up um well <clears throat> when dad passed I said in the eulogy that he was a hero to me uh, and he really was uh, and is still, uh, he is my hero. He's a, a mentor, a motivator uh, in a lot of which he achieved and so forth and so on. That's not to say my mother wasn't as well. Uh, she was an, a motivator and, and very much a huge support in my life. Uh, so they both influenced my life hugely. I was a, an only child. So um I got very different things from both of them and, and, and a great balance. But it, if we're focusing on the business side, probably dad, because um, he, he was, uh, uh, his story was a wonderful story. He left school at 16, um, was brought in by his father to meet Captain Jury in Jury's Hotel in Dame Street in the centre of town. And he was put to work on a management training programme and starting in the kitchens and working his way up. And then by 18, he'd left the country. Uh, and gone to work for British Rail Hotels in the UK. He, he, he worked hard up the, the ladder there in a management development programme, and they sent him to Switzerland, and he, and he stopped off in Paris on a, on a stage there in the Jour Sank, and then, you know, worked in lovely properties in Switzerland. And um, so that, that was the story, uh, particularly back in those days, you know, when he was... Uh, born 31 so even in the 40s and he, he was off traveling uh when not a huge amount of people were doing that and then he came back um what brought him back what brought him back well he, he came back to british rail hotels then had you know got a very good level in, in there and he he came back and got a job here and he was manager of the bailey restaurant in town at 23 so i think he he, he got an opportunity to come back and do that um, and uh, he, he was saying that um, when he was leaving, when he was leaving Morecambe, uh, it was just after his 21st <laughs> uh, and all the 
tell guys got up at six o'clock in the morning to, to see him off uh, and make sure he got on the train. Make sure he got on the train, I'm not sure. <laughs> but he, he came home then and um, started his career in, in restaurants and catering and so forth and so on. And how he progressed his career, that was that's a huge motivator for me. You know, he never stopped. And up until the day he died, he, he was as sharp as a tack and um, was always looking for things. And I suppose as he got older, he became frustrated that he his body wasn't able to keep up with his mind. And uh, so he, he was a driven person. And that, that for me, that epitomized what it is to be uh, as, as an individual, as a man, and uh, that you're driven to achieve and, and, uh, and push yourself on. And um, from my mom's point of view, she was very much, uh, she, she managed the home, and but also she was involved in the business with dad and brought a very different skill set to him. Uh, was very intuitive person uh, and uh, quiet, but you know, at the end of the day, she'd absorb everything. And then the huge punch was when she came with her analysis at the end of it. And, and uh, that was a huge mix of skills you know, between the two of them and, and very complimentary and um, got a, a great deal from her too. And she, she and I uh, had a great rapport in terms of a uh, sense of where we were from, the sense of family history, uh, origin. And it happens to be a huge interest of mine. I bore the pants off them at home <laughs> talking about where our family is from and so forth and so on and, 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 and tracing all the ancestors and looking at family trees and things like that. Um, but, and, and it's usually interesting to, to know where you're from uh, yeah. and where your roots are and, you know, where, where the, the family are, families originated from and all that sort of stuff. So uh, that answers your question, hopefully it does. Your, your dad seemed to have a great work ethic and I've got a couple of questions around you and your dad working together, but hats off first to your parents for working together. I don't think that can be easy because I couldn't imagine working with my girlfriend. Yeah. But focusing on the, strong work ethic and climbing to where he did at such a young age he must have dedicated a fair bit of his life to work how did your parents come to meet they met at a dance in a tennis club in temple oak and um mum lived in fibsborough so in those days it must have been quite a trek across the the city uh, to go from north side to south side you probably needed a passport at that stage but <laughs> but but um they, they met and mum noticed dad and uh, he, he was a dapper man so he, he, he cut a dash and uh, she put her eye on him and they started to she, she actually invited him to her 21st uh, which was in Portmore and uh, she wrote to him and invited him along and he responded um, thank you very much for the kind invitation, but I'm afraid I have to say I don't know who you are. <laughs> and he said this to his golfing buddy, Niall, who happens to be mum's first cousin. And uh, he said, but don't you dance with her, John, every Sunday night uh, in the tennis club? So and that's how it went. Uh, and, and, and they then and then they, they dated for a number of years. And uh, I think mum didn't quite realise how interested she was in dad to she went in dad's office in the Bailey one day and uh, saw the brochures out for America. Dad uh, was, was 
thinking of taking up a, an offer in, in, in the States, in California, uh, to manage a hotel over there. Uh, and indeed, when he was in Switzerland, he'd had a number of offers to go, so that he didn't. Um, but he, he obviously had some sort of hankering for the bright lights over there. But anyway, that wasn't to be, didn't happen. And uh, they got together and the rest is history, as they say. I'm not too sure if it was this week or last week, but you put up a post on LinkedIn that it was uh, 53 years this week or last week that the formation of John D. Carroll Cating was 6th of May, 1968. So shout out, that's phenomenal. Uh, But what was life like working with your father? Um, Dad, life was very good. Uh, I mean, that that sounds a bit trite, but um, I, I started doing summer work for Dad when I was uh, sort of before my teens and doing a couple of hours here and a couple of hours there. And particularly during the summers, I remember he had the National Gallery restaurant and uh, I went in, I think it was 10, and uh, they gave me a job on kitchen control, calling in the orders. And in, a, in, a, in a restaurant, the, wait, the waiters, the serving staff come up and you call in the orders. Somebody calls in the orders to the chef and the chef notes the order. And then you call the order away when when the uh, the, the servers are, are ready to collect yeah. it and get down to the guest. So that was my job for a while. And th- they were doing about 120, 150 covers a day, people serving uh, people a day. And um, that, that was one of the first jobs I had with them. And then uh, I went down to the office and learned how to do stock. And um, that was great for... Uh, learning various things about the business and stock control and margins and so forth and so on. Uh, and I was still only 10 or 11 or whatever it was. Uh, and then I graduated on to working on the vans and um, dad had a business, a distribution, food distribution business at the time. Uh, and I worked my summers on the vans uh, and uh, all of that. And I was put on the payroll and, and uh, earned my few bob and, way I went um, so in that instance his business was big enough for me to uh, find a niche that didn't yeah. necessarily involve me with him every day um, but yet he was checking in on me and so forth and so on of course uh, but but that was great discipline and then as things progressed like uh, when I left school the thought in my own mind was that I would probably go straight into the business <clears throat> and then that changed in uh, a lot of his friends said, no, that Kenneth go and get his experience somewhere else. And uh, and then the thought was, the thought progressed into going into college. So I did, and I went into Calibro Street, the College of Catering in Dublin. And uh, I I didn't achieve as much in my leaving cert as I had wished. So I went in in second year in the diploma course, I repeated part of my leaving cert. Uh, with the college exams and then progressed into the degree program and uh, got my degree and all that sort of stuff and started to work then after that, after those four years. Uh, But the great thing about college, and I'm digressing a little bit, but the great thing about college was that they actually uh, insisted that you do placements during summer. So my first year I was working as a waiter in the Celtic News, junior waiter, uh, great stories around those year, days. And then uh, the second year, I, I worked as a commie chef um, out in the Abbott in Monkstown. 
and they opened a new restaurant and then they opened a deli and I got involved in the management of the deli and so forth and so on. So that was that was great experience. And then uh, in third year, I had a, a stage in the Shelburne Hotel as junior manager. So and I worked in all the departments in the hotel. And then you went back and got your degree. And I really felt that, that was a hugely integrated program that gave you an all round experience in management, uh, which was good preparation for me. Uh, when I left college, I then went in to join my dad. And, and he jokingly said to me when I went home uh, having, with the degree in my hand, he said, uh, now you have to get your stamp from me, Kenneth. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if it was a joke, but anyway. It, he, I went in and um, we did work together, but he, he it was an interesting introduction into the office because he brought me through, introduced me to all the people and then said, now there's a desk, find a job for yourself. Um, rather than me getting a particular niche, a particular job, which was a good, it didn't exactly enamor me in the first instance because I thought I would get a structured job and I had been in structured roles up to that. But the fact was that I had to find things to support other people to do and learn all of the aspects of the business. And, and in hindsight, it, it was a bit of a culture shock, but I had to find what it was to be a general manager rather than a single discipline manager. Mm. And, and that took a little while. Um, uh, but he then got me involved in some consultancy projects that he was doing uh, like and I would do the background work and the analysis of the figures and so forth and so on because he, he was as well as the 50 or 60 other sites that he had he got me involved in doing tenders uh, for, for new contracts he got me doing the budget analysis on uh, how the figures came together and, and, and future budget planning and so forth and so on uh, and uh, so that brought me into having an interest in doing management accountancy, which I did and I qualified in. And, nice. uh, and then I progressed after that to do a master's and I, that, I drew the line in, in that in terms of formal education and tertiary education. But, uh, you know, I've, I've done ongoing courses right through, but how, how working with him, it was a slow process in terms of learning how to work with them but mm -hmm. at least within the business I had the space to learn the role and then also a new dynamic with my father uh, going from just being the father that I knew at home to the father that I had to work with um, and and it was closer and I'm going into the office one day and uh, he said to me uh, do you really like this business and I said, yeah, I do. He said, are you sure? I said, yeah. He said, well, you don't always show it. <laughs> and he said, you know, it's, it's not all about a roses, but you, if, if you are interested, you, you need to just knuckle down. And, and yeah. uh, you know, um, and that was also a bit of the training in terms of the not every part of, not every part of every day is, is uh, savory. Uh, it's not all better roses, but you got to get to, get on and do it. Do you know? You touched on the college you went to. Strange enough, I went to the same college, DIT, Carl Brewery. I did tourism marketing, but one of the things I loved the most, 
um, outside of the lectures was the catering students because there was, and I don't know if it was there when you were there, but there was a room dedicated to students who had cooked anything and you were able to, as a fellow student in the college, go to that room and purchase these goods or if they're going out of date within two or three days, take them for free. So I used to get cakes, croissants, everything for free going to that college, which is one of my favorite memories of it. Um, through my research, a couple of things you're interested in, wine, piano, sailing, art, tennis. You've been on holidays to places like Switzerland. And I don't know whether that's because of your father's time there and you, uh, you he brought you in your child. I know your dad was a past president of the Grange Golf Club. Not sure if you're interested in golf, but what I do know is that you are an Irish and Lenser rugby fan. So with all that said, what's one thing that you're into or curious about that not a lot of people know about you? Well, <laughs> um. I'd be I'd be a private enough person about my private side, so you know a lot of that. Uh, yeah, a lot of people wouldn't know that, and like they might know the fact that um, I had a calligraphy business during, when I was in school, and right. uh, I, I was doing calligraphy for various institutes, and that they had fellowship scrolls, and it was then I used to do the whole scroll in hand, uh, hand script and uh, gothic script that I used at the time uh, and and that helped me go through college and and uh, gave me a, a small bit of income um, and, and but also gave me a sense of self-satisfaction I loved it I loved it um, uh, dad wasn't president of the golf club by the way <laughs> he, okay. he was president of lots of other things but not the golf club. He, he enjoyed his golf and, and there was a great heritage in the family of golf. And uh, my son and I are only discovering that now. And, and uh, my son is enjoying golf now. So I'm taking it up. Um, nice. And hopefully we can we can do that uh, together. But uh, other things that people don't know about me. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, there are a lot of involvements that I have. I think in terms of my sense of balance in life, I suppose, uh, that's that's the thing that I'd perhaps like known most, I say, that not only am I involved in my business, but I have a great sense of giving a responsibility to give to the community and to give mm. to my industry and to partake and, and to contribute what I can because I've been gifted huge knowledge and experience and if i can give that back in some way uh, and for whatever value it is to people give it make it available i feel that is a responsibility and um, so i'm involved with um, i've just finished an involvement with hale housing association for integrated living which is an approved housing body and uh, i followed my dad into that and onto the board and that I saw huge growth there and it was very satisfying where you were actually working with the government bodies to secure housing for people uh, who needed homes and housing and it, it was founded out of uh, the, the uh, Mental Health Ireland uh, way back uh, when St. Brendan's uh, closed and um, so, so, so that was giving back. I've just gone on to, I've just been invited to go on the board of the Spade Enterprise Centre, uh, which is an incubation centre for uh, fledgling businesses where they take space within, or small businesses, where they take space in, in, in the enterprise centre 
and they've asked me to go on with a specific responsibility or uh, interest in advising on the new shared kitchen facility that they're building there. So that's very exciting, where you see uh, uh, businesses coming along in the food space. Um, and uh, volunteering, I, I, I'm involved in Rotary International and involved in community service committee there, I chair that. And I'm also involved heavily in my local parish at home uh, as chairman of the pastoral council and we've just developed a new parish centre there and we're in the process of putting the protocols and procedures and and uh, uh, raison d'etre in place for that to open soon so mm. that's all very exciting it's all very exciting it keeps a, a balance and a level of interest too yeah moving over to business what's your favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur the favorite aspect i think is the fact that i can have the freedom of my own mind um, and if i may relate back to when dad sold the business uh he sold it in 1992 uh to a company called Sutcliffe catering and and um he said he, he took five years to 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 uh, convince my mum and I that it was the right thing to do to sell the business. But he was absolutely right. He was a he was a forward strategic thinker. Uh, and uh, that that is something that I certainly have learned and, and refer back to in my own mind, in my thought process. So freedom of thinking. When we sold, I became the sales and ops director for the new business and we doubled the size of the business. But it was very much prescriptive management, if you like. Um, there was the company that bought us was from a different jurisdiction that came from across the water. And there was a there were subtle differences in terms of the mentality of how they managed the business, which uh, quite frankly didn't fit with my mindset. Uh, I, 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 I was a multidisciplinary sales and operations. They were saying, well, you either are one or the other. And I said, no, I, you know, my father trained me to be to, to, to manage all aspects yeah uh, and that was that was that was so that freedom of of being able to think for yourself not prescriptive management not having to write reports uh, for people who you you probably don't see and those reports go to a board that you never get to present to and um, so i present to myself and i bounce ideas off people but they're my own ideas and that shapes the business and that's not to say that i manage by diktat i have a great team and uh we do share ideas and we collectively develop the shape of what, what things uh, how things move on before you got into your own business you did have multiple roles in other businesses some of them included you've touched on junior manager at shelburne director of marketing and development uh at your father's business you know sales and operations uh, side of things what lessons did you learn from those roles well i i learned yeah there, there were lots of different disciplines as you say and and i think the the progression from you know the food side from from waiting to the kitchen through to the junior management in, in the hotel that was very much the hospitality end of things and was very much front of house or back of house and the production side if you like and managing at the service levels uh, 
management is very much, or, or my career has been very much about building layers. Mm. And I think you learn different disciplines uh, at, at uh, different levels. And I think, as you know, from, from Calbrough Street, hospitality is a very practical industry. It gives you a training for life as well as, uh, you know, uh, as well as a career. Um, like when I was in the Shelburne, uh, I went and, and cleaned rooms for part of my junior managership in, in, in housekeeping. Um, you know, the cooking skills that I got, bring you bring on to life you, you don't have to stay in hospitality with yeah they just they stay with you um, the, there's a sense of discipline particularly in the industry that comes right through and you have to be quite disciplined in the industry and it's a self-discipline uh, that you have to that you really need to impose on yourself to to progress your career i think that self-discipline uh, is important and it is certainly a, a lesson learned and then you know as I mentioned when I started with my business, how to keep a number of balls in the air. I started with dad's business and that progressed into uh, the, my role with, with uh, the company which bought my father's business as well. And, uh, and then it certainly stood me in good stead when I started my own because when you start your own, you're sitting in your own room uh, and you have nobody else to answer to. You gotta do the figures, uh, you gotta do the sales letters, um, uh, I, remember, I remember my father coming into my room one night and I had got an old daisy wheel printer uh, which made a hell of a racket it was like a, a train and he said for god's sake it's one o'clock in the morning we ever stopped doing those letters till the morning uh, so you had to do everything yeah you, yeah. you have to be a master of all uh, things and uh, hopefully that answers the question that's we paid respect earlier on to your father's business, you know, registered 53 years ago this week. Um, but you yourself uh, are celebrating your 27th year of business. That itself is also worth a tip of the hat. So fair play to you for that. I'm sure you've come up with challenges, lots of challenges throughout those 27 years. I know one thing you've touched on in another recording you did with someone was um, the recording came out in June. Not sure when it was recorded, but it was recorded as coronavirus hit was that you had lost all but three, all but three of your clients had shut down and yeah. that you had to adapt a lot. So focusing on, let's say, the last 18, 24 months, what's a challenge that you or objection that you came up against that you didn't expect or account for? And, and how have you tackled that? Yeah, well, yeah, I think I think the challenges that we faced in, in, the, uh, in the last 14 months or whatever it is, uh, where <laughs> I, I started off thinking not again because 2007 2008 we fell off a cliff uh, and uh, we lost 78% of our business and that didn't return so we had to go and reinvent uh, business then and um, my dad was was very much involved in that and he and I put our heads together and, and we pushed things along and along with the team that I had with me uh, and uh, you know I, I have an operations manager who's been with me a long long time and he's a great font of knowledge and he's a friend a great sounding board Dave but coming back to your original question in terms of what you know we've we've how we've approached the last we have 
three stroke four open at the moment before because it's a school open at the moment and that but that closes again at the end of may and, and we'll be back to three uh we've had to be fleet of foot we've had to adapt we've had to look at try and develop new service offerings uh, and very quickly on i think the podcast that you referred to i mentioned um the new service that we developed last summer which was in preparation of companies reopening and they might be reopening at a much uh, smaller level so we developed a delivered in service with a with a menu cycle 14-day menu cycle um uh, to, to to cater for for, for smaller numbers and it, indeed that improved our reach as well uh, what i didn't realize was that that wasn't really going to get traction because businesses didn't come back at all and um then i was you know working with my dad because he he, he was more and more last year he, he had a lot of time in in healthcare he broke his leg in february and uh, uh, was in a nursing home for a long time and anyway when he came out we had to work a meal plan for him uh, and then that wasn't quite uh, working terribly well and we started to look at how a meal plan would look like if we were developing a business model so we started to look at that on a delivered basis and uh, that was the germ of an idea I started playing around with the ideas and then I, I um, started a conversation quite by accident with a company in the north of Ireland called Connected Health who are in the home care delivery business. And I said, what about developing a value-added service for your clients where we would have a meal plan for those people? Uh, and uh, Ryan, who's the CEO of that business, said, that's a great idea. That, let's, let's push that along. So we started to Blue Sky. We had a couple of Zoom roundtable meetings and uh, we, we came up with a plan. We, we, and so we, we sorted out the manufacturing, packaging, logistics, uh, and we are a very advanced stage of developing an app for it. We have the app developed, uh, which will give us uh, the ordering facility, the nutritional values, all of that sort of stuff, catering for special diets. And uh, then we've sorted the logistics to uh, as, a, as a delivery. So that's all That's all in plan. And we actually did research behind it, both internationally and uh, locally with Connected Health clients. And uh, we're now moving to trial with that service. So that's that's a new departure. But it meant that we actually had to sit back and say, well, what business are we in? We're actually in a food business. And how, how do we deliver food? Does it have to be in a fixed setting? No, it can be a delivered option as well. And we have segmented our market all more, uh, a bit more uh, in terms of the way in which we look at it. Final question uh, for you, Kenneth, is fast forward to uh, the end of the decade. 2030 you can answer this personally professionally or both up to you but what would you like to be looking back on if we're imagining now 2030 over the last decade i'd like to be looking back on on, on uh, a life where i gave it my best shot in all aspects you know mm -hmm. and try something new always try something new uh, and and not be so caught up in what you're at that you can't look at it differently uh, that might be a vague answer but that 
that would be a general way. And all, all, also, uh, I would want it said that I, I gave back. So I, that I would have tried everything, developed the business further, uh, that, that I would have led a business which was fleet of foot and able to adapt, and uh, that we would have grown to the full potential of the business. I've, I've had a, a, a pleasure getting to know you and chatting to you over the last 30, 35 minutes. Um, I wish you nothing but success going forward. I'm sure you'll get out of it like he did in 07 and 08. But uh, from my end, thank you for the last 35 minutes, Kenneth. You're most welcome, Rian, and good to talk to you. Beautiful morning, beautiful morning, baby. Nothing in the world.